Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 2020 New Thought Walden Awards podcast series. My name is Martha Creek, and I'm delighted to be part of this. It's been my honor and privilege to serve this endeavor for a few years now. And today, right now, I'm getting to talk with Reverend Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones. And he is honored and uh, uh, very, very... <laughs> um, naturally honored you'll hear more about why how many decades he's been serving this these new thought organizations and we'll get into that in just a minute so a little bit about the walden awards these awards are administered by a joint partnership a collaborative partnership of seven of the country's largest new thought organizations those organizations are the affiliated new thought network agape international spiritual center Association for Global New Thought, Centers for Spiritual Living, Divine Science Federation International, Unity World Headquarters, and Universal Foundation for Better Living. And this award program honors folks, leaders, mentors, authors, speakers, teachers, those who are using, purposefully using, and powerfully using spiritual ideas, philosophies, actions to change lives and simply and profoundly to make our planet a better place to be. So you maybe can understand why I'd be excited to be any part of this today. And I congratulate you, Reverend Dr. Dennis Merritt Jones. Uh, thank you also. Uh, you've been honored in the category of New Thought Wisdom. So uh, it seems uh, humbling also for me, and my appreciation for you is really not is uh, inexpressible. <laughs> it would not sum up my gratitude for you and the life that you've lived and the devotion you've had to decades of this. So. Start with telling us a little bit about um, how you started and what new thought, uh, how it called you and what it's meant to you over these decades. Oh, thank you, Martha, for those kind words, very generous words. Um, <clears throat> I was on a, an inter interesting trajectory of life uh, that <laughs> from a young adult, I, it seemed to me that, you know, the old adage, uh, inspiration or desperation moves us forward. I continually was making uh, choices that ended up in desperation to move me into what was next for myself rather than inspiration. So I found new thought uh, because my life essentially was on fire metaphorically. Um, I, I uh, Back in the early 70s, I was a musician, a professional musician. And I reached a point in my life where I discovered that um, I wasn't a very fulfilled person. I was living a life that was not taking me where I know someplace within me, my soul self, need, needed to go in order for me to honor uh, my, my presence on the planet. And I think if I had not have discovered uh, new thought via uh, religious science and, and the person who became ultimately my mentor, Dr. Frank Richelieu from the Redondo Beach Church. If I had not discovered uh, him and the teaching, uh, and New Thought teachings in what year was that, uh, 1978, 
I probably wouldn't be on the planet today. Uh, I think I was on a slow burn to self-destruction and um, new thought showed up in my life at a moment, uh, oddly enough, on a, a television program that Dr. Richelieu was, was uh, airing one night. And I was channel surfing and just realized uh, how, how sad my life was. I was going through a horrific uh, divorce at the time. And I flipped one channel over, and there was Dr. Richelieu speaking. And the words that came out of his mouth, like he was speaking directly to me. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. But the words he said hooked my heart. And that was the beginning of my journey. The next day, I was on the phone looking for information about the teaching and, and how to get involved. And here I am today, what, 40 years, 45 years later, and, and uh, my life is uh, a result of that pathway of, of following the New Thought teachings uh, and being willing to continue to press the edge of what that meant to me. To, and what I discovered, Martha, was <laughs> that it was through teaching the teachings that I learned what I needed to learn. So I continued to become a teacher <laughs> out of the necessity of knowing there was more for me to know, which is why, what has uh, helped me evolve to who I am and where I am today. If that, if that's enough of an answer for you. <laughs> that's, well, that's I love that. It's very inspiring, um, Dr. Dennis, to hear that because it's really, it sums up, I'm so resonant with that and I relate to it so much that I, I'm consistently learning. I'm consistently enrolled in something. I consistently know that the more I think I know the less I know and the more that I want to know um, is benefiting me and yeah. it's a it's a similar path um, with how these teachings found me also so I know that part of your journey and you just described the beginnings of this that also included then very um, specific training that you'd be required to have for practitioner training minister training and then founding a church out in California in the Simi Valley and serving there for 23 years in that before you retired from that. So I think um, many of our listeners here, certainly through the New Thought vein, are either involved in, have founded, or certainly have attended or know of New Thought churches. So speak about a little bit about your time serving New Thought ministry for 23 years and what that path was about and what you got to witness um, relative to your life changing, certainly, but what you got to witness in other people's lives changing as you taught them or as you taught teachers and trained your own practitioners along that vein. I, thank you. I, I started, uh, you know, with, with the, the fundamental teaching of science of mind and the, and the core belief of oneness. You know, Ernest Holmes taught this, this principle of oneness and, and the idea that you know, the, he referred to it as the creative divine urge that imbued every living thing. And that when we honored that, it would push out through us and, and cause us to grow and take us to, to what was next for us in order to, to be who we have come here to be. And if we resisted that, you know, he also referred to the, the universal imperative, which is grow or die. And so that became the core of my teaching. And uh, always from knowing I needed to grow myself, uh, and the way, as I said before, the way to do that was to, to learn that teaching others was how I continued to grow. So I founded the Simi Valley Center for Spiritual Living. Actually, at that time, it was the Church of Religious Science in 1985. And, and 
we grew from 17 members essentially to a, a church with, with a number of hundreds of members. And uh, as we grew, I continued to reinvent myself and the church uh, over that period of time, realizing that if the, once you become stuck, once you become too, too much in a habit of doing the same thing all the time, you begin to to implode and your energy uh, withers. So I was continuing to to learn more uh, about teaching and teaching techniques and continuing to dig into new curriculum. Uh, ultimately, that's what led me to becoming a writer. I, I wrote curriculum for back then what was Religious Science International. I, I um, love the idea of inspiring other people, not only from this platform on Sunday mornings, but through numerous classes. Oh, my gosh, I loved to teach the science mind classes and related classes to that. And I, I found that there was great food for me spiritually in the interaction and face-to-face -face communication with people other than on the pulpit on Sunday morning. Because it's in the class. Sunday morning is like a, an advertisement for what, what the teaching is really about, but it's in the classes and the deeper studies that you get the application of it. And as, as Holmes once said, the realization without application is hallucination. <laughs> so, yes. say, so, that again. say that again, Dennis. That's so important. It's like I want to put a, 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 a billboard around this. Realization, meaning you, know, you can get all the divine ahas you, you want, Without application, learning how to put it to work in your daily life, it's hallucination. It's, it's just dreaming. Yes. So, so at the end of uh, 2008, I come to a realization that uh, I was not honoring my, the threefold concepts that I was living my life by. And I, 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 I include these questions in, in one of my keynote talks, to know if your life is on purpose or not, here's the three questions. The first question is, am I having fun every day? To know if your life is on purpose. The second question is, am I growing every day? And the third question is, am I lifting others and making a difference? And so at, at, in 2008, at the end of my tenure as the, the founding minister of that church, I had to ask myself those three questions with all integrity. Was I having fun? No, I hadn't. I, I stopped having fun because the second answer, was I growing, was no. I had stopped growing because I had found myself in a rut. And go, go figure, the church wasn't growing because of that. How can the church grow if the minister's not continuing to add sustenance and substance to his or her own consciousness. And so I realized it was, it was the proper thing for me to, to transplant myself, replant myself, repot myself, if you will, into another growing environment and make space for a new minister to come in and pick up where I left off and continue to grow the church, which is what my dear friend, Dr. Jim Lockhart did. So, so in 1985, I decided it was time for me to step down and move into what was next. And at that point, I had no idea what was next. I had been writing a little bit. I had self-published my first book. And uh, I realized that writing was the new passion for me. And I continued to write. And I was very blessed to have been picked up by uh, Penguin Random House, a great publisher. And uh, they published my next uh, four books. Uh, and I've written two more since then. Um, so I've discovered that when I left my congregation, what I told them is I'm not leaving you. I'm leaving 
I'm, I'm leaving this building, but I'm not leaving you. I'm taking you with me. And, and all I'm doing is wanting to, to, to take you and the message that we've been sharing here to a larger audience. And I tell you, that put me right on the edge, right on the edge of my, my, uncomfort, my discomfort zone to, to lean into something, to leave a career that I'd known for 23 years, the, the, the comfort of it, the reliability of it, the, the financial uh, support of it. And to jump into the unknown was was quite terrifying for me. But I knew I had to do it if I was going to honor my contract with God, which was to continue to unfold who I came here to be. So that's where we are today. Yeah, and to have fun and to help others. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's, it certainly seems that that's obvious in you, that, that the integrity that you speak of and aligning yourself with that is true. And in these writings that you've done, so you mentioned the books here, so the titles of a few of the books are The Art of Abundance, right, right. The Art of Being, and The Art of Uncertainty, which is where I started because of what uncertainty means to me. And my primary practice is accepting the mystery of life, accepting the mystery of the spectrum of humanity in that. So I was so resonant with that when we first talked about you being our keynote presenter out at Anton last year and, um, and then your redefining moment. So I know that um, three of these, and I don't know which three you want, may want to speak of that, have also been recognized in the literary world for the Nautilus Award. So these books that you're writing um, are coming from a place of power a place of embodiment, and as you say, realization with application. So they're not, these books are not hallucination books, but uh, <laughs> no, books no. grounded in these principles and, and then lived out. So speak a little bit about the books and what, you're, what you learned writing them or how you've seen them benefit the world and living on purpose, particularly for helping other people. Thank you. That, that's that's a, a really good question. The first book that I wrote was called is called The Art of Being, 101 Ways to Practice Purpose in Your Life. And that was the one I originally self-published. And I, I, you talk about putting faith in, in, in uh, what you can't see is I, I borrowed money against my home. <laughs> to, that, this is long before self-publishing was, was a thing. And, and so I borrowed money against my home, hired a typesetter, hired an editor and did the whole book and, and self-published uh, using the money I borrowed from the home to do that. And, and we sold enough of them to get the book out to the world in a manner that it hooked the interest of one of the publishers at Penguin Random House. And uh, I approached them on the idea of picking that book up and republishing it under their imprint, and they liked it. And so they did. So I developed a, a, a relationship with them based on the theme of that book, which was understanding that purpose is not something that you arrive at one day down the road when, when everything's perfect in your life. Your, your purpose is st standing right in front of you every moment of every day. And it's wherever you are, whatever you're doing, your purpose is to show up and to be the highest form expression of the one, the beloved, that you can in that moment. That's, that's what our purpose is. And we can find that whether we're pulling weeds in the garden or changing the baby's diapers or driving down the freeway or doing brain surgery, our purpose is to be in the moment and bring the fullness of the true self, capital S, to the unfolding of that moment. And that, that book led to The Art of Uncertainty, which uh, has continued to be the evergreen of, of all my books. It seems that it's, it seems to outsell all the other ones three or four times over because I think 
uncertainty is is uh, a given, and I don't doesn't matter how what era we're living in. There always seems to be uncertainty going on for people. And I wrote that book out of my own. All my books have been written out of my own need to know more about it because I was in a place in my life where things were very uncertain, and the only way that I could learn about uncertainty was to write about it and to explore, to go deeper into it. And that book has been tr translated into uh, different languages, especially Farsi, which I thought was an interesting story in itself, um, which is published in Iran. Um, I guess they have a lot of uncertainty going on, too, which led to the third book, um, uh, Your Redefining Moments, Becoming Who You Were Born to Be. And that book is about the journey that we each take back to the place, if we're conscious and willing to do it, to that place we we came from, to the moment we were born, we came into this onto this planet before the world got a hold of us and started defining who we were by all these labels from our gender and our ethnicity and and intelligence and, and financial status, all the things the world uses to label us on. The book is about guiding people back to who they were at that moment and, and learning how to redefine themselves as an, a, a unique aspect of the authentic self, the one God, and bring that into every area of our lives. And that book has uh, touched a lot of lives as well because I think people are looking for a way to honor their own unique fullness, their, their unique um, uniqueness and this book will guide them to how to do that in the world on a, a daily basis. The, the next book I wrote was um, uh, The Art of Abundance, which uh, uh, 10 Rules for a Prosperous Life, which is really about, uh, from a science of mind perspective, it's probably one of the purest ways to teach the principle of oneness and how it finds itself into form through consciousness and all the activities that we take on to become the vessel through which the universe flows and finds fullness of expression in physical and emotional ways. So the art of abundance is um, um, being very well received as well. By the way, all four of these books have study guides that are free as downloadable uh, study guides on my website. If people want to go to my website, they can download study guides for the art of being, the art of uncertainty, the art of abundance, and your redefining moments. Uh, and they'll take you through personal study, or if you want to do small group studies, they're perfect for that as well. A lot of the CSL churches are, and the Unity churches are using the study guides for several of those different books at this time. Uh, by the way, the very first book I forgot, I forgot, the very first book I wrote before any of the other ones was How to Speak Science of Mind which has become a, a standard in a lot of the science of mind churches. Uh, it's more of a dictionary kind of a, uh, a description of uh, what, I, what I learned was that science of mind, as well as I'm sure the other thought teachings, have their own way of languaging things that, that were difficult for people to understand if they didn't, uh, didn't were given tools how to understand the, the language of science of mind. We, that, we undertook a, a, a Bring a Friend Sunday kind of a growth thing at the church years ago, and my members came to me and said, I don't, we don't know how to tell people about our teaching. Can you help us? That was the origin of that book. I sat down and I wrote it to give so they could, and we printed them up and gave them to people and said, here's an explanation of what we believe. And, and uh, that book was picked up by DeVore's Publishing and is now 
and it's probably, I don't know, 10, 15th printing, um, and it's, it's a standard in the, in the market as well. And then the final book that I just finished about the same time as uh, The Art of Abundance is Encouraging Words, Articles and Essays that Prove Who You Are Matters. And that was published through Science of Mind, uh, Living Park, Park Place, Park Center Press. Um, they, um, what, what I write for the Science Mind magazine on a quarterly basis, and I've been doing it for probably 10 or 15 years. What we did was took the, the, the best articles from the Science Mind magazine and compiled them and put them in this book as a collection, and, and there it's on the market now. People can, if they like the shorter articles, Science Mind type articles, that's a great book for, you, for a good, good read for you. Well, it means the world to me, um, Dennis, that you've lived so true to these teachings and this principle that you've served those who served, which is my mission in life. I resonate in that way. And that you, um, I, I, was, I was listening here with you. I thought I've got the title for your next book. And okay. it is, um, so how to uh, apply your realizations to stay out of hallucinations. <laughs> So uh, I don't think anybody would buy that title, but I can tell you it certainly inspires me to even think about it. And as I, as I listen to these book titles again, it's like it sums up like this, this, this recognition of you, Dennis, and your life and your work, your mission, your ministry, your way of being in the world is really summed up in the titles of these books. Mm. that you have lived an epitome of a prosperous life mm. practicing purpose in your life and the way that you live in your life so mindful about what you're being and how you're being and certainly how to live embrace dive into seek to understand and apply the mysteries of life and at least lean or move into the direction of loving it Mm -hmm. certainly when we can and um, you've modeled and still are becoming who you were born to be um, and proving that you are who you are matters so I believe that that is a summary also for people you know I still get questions like that too about what is new thought and what is science of mind and all that? And I'm like, well, there's books and books and books written of it. And it's not new. It's a hundred years old and it's got roots in Plato and Socrates and right. other folks, you know, and I'm still mystified at times. So one of my important questions in sitting with you here today to, to lift up uh, you and to acknowledge you was also to ask you to get your insights about um, what, the mystery uh, of new thought being uh, uh, what 130, 150 years old now, and it's still being considered new thought. And well, even people in new thought not being able to articulate what it is or what it's about or to speak about it in practical enough terms to make it mainstream or more commonplace. Do you want to say anything about that? Well, I, I think that, that New Thought obviously is, is thousands of years old as far as the philosophy. Ernest Holmes drew deeply from the Upanishads and Dharmapada and 
and other teachings as well as the scriptures, you know, from a, from a, a Christian standpoint or from a, from a, the teachings of Jesus, I think that New Thought uh, capsulized uh, his uh, teachings beautifully and it boils down to two things. First, oneness, the Father and I are one. The second thing is the power of your mind when you align it with the higher truth, which is, it is done unto you as you believe. <laughs> the Father and I are one, oneness, and, and, and how it works in you, through you, as you, it's done unto you as you believe. That's the teachings of science of mind. We all come from the same place, and we all are going to go back to that same place. And what we do between those two points is the life that we unfold that uh, we have, we've been given a precious gift every moment of every day is to dive deeper into discovering who we are and why we are, and they really are one and the same. Who we are is continuing to be the, the awareness of God unfolding itself in us, through us, as us, and, and the, to the, the greater degree that we can live that, the planet will be a better place. And we each I think, you know, need to understand that we matter in that way, that who we are matters immensely. But even more so, what we do with who we are matters. And to me, that's the message of New Thought, is that we are one, there's only one of us here, and that we create the reality of what's next through our, our collective beliefs as well as our individual beliefs. And uh, we have to be accountable for that. And I think that we're being held accountable for that right now in huge ways in what's going on in our world. And so the, the opportunity is to step up and, and take a stand for what we believe and live it truly and fully in the world. God is, I am. And that's really the bottom line. Yes. So I think it, I pray it, <laughs> I, I live it. Well, Dennis, your consciousness of oneness, of unity, the roots system and the way you've cared and developed from that root system of a collaboration, a generosity of spirit, a reverence for life, for joy, for loving what you do, for people, ministry, ministering the planet um, has, uh, is obviously a very significant uh, in, our, in the evolution of our species. Your influence on that is extraordinary and I see ever expanding and is absolutely unmistakably serving us now and has served over the course of your lifetime and on behalf of Walden Awards, on behalf of me, on behalf of New Thought, I sincerely thank you for it. And I am truly honored by by this uh, this recognition. I, I mean I mean that in the deepest sense. I, uh, I I don't do what I do for accolades or to be to be recognized. I, I tr really truly believe that. But when when you are recognized in such a significant way. It's profoundly humbling, and, and also it helps me re remember why I do what I do to keep on doing it. So thank you so much to all of you who have given me this uh, opportunity to be recognized. So get in touch with Dr. Dennis. He's uh, www.dennismeritjones.com. Uh, he is uh, obviously, as we've said, an author, a speaker. He's great in keynote. He's also so serving ministries as well as secular and you'll be well served and checking him out and seeing what he is, as well as these new, um, these resources as he's got out there for your own living and for your serving your organizations, whether it's congregations or otherwise. Right. These, these tenets and principles can serve 
across many, uh, a very broad bandwidth. So also, as we close up here, remember to tell your friends to listen to these podcast series. They're on demand at unityonlineradio.org, unityonlineradio.org, and subscribe to the series through your own um, ways of doing that, your Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever. And thank you for all you're doing in the world, listeners, and to continue to do that as you apply these teachings here to make sure you're having some fun and that you're growing and that you are absolutely clear that you're making a difference in the world and who you are matters. So for now and until we meet again, richest, infinite, eternal blessings from me, Martha Creek. And if you have any desire call to contact me it's marthacreek.com thanks again reverend dr dennis all blessings to you thank you walden awards and unity online radio for your part here and um godspeed always <laughs>